Because a lot of the principles are the same, like embracing the suck. There's a lot of things that come with like working in an industry that's really not easy, especially being a woman. So, um, and then just applying it through like everything, just having the discipline to be healthy, have a good like mental state, even if you know your surroundings are kind of like falling apart. Yeah. So, sure. to this day, still use those like principles, ah. those morals, those lessons. Because it was more of like I like that you wrote the book where you don't have to be a ranger to relate. It was like you could be anybody as long as you're relating to like these set rules. You know what I mean? Battle Line Podcast. We have a great show lined up for you uh, this episode. Got Natasha back in studio. Who you're seeing? We already recorded the the interview, but we're doing our intro right now. Uh, <laughs> the first thing I wanted to mention, you guys, before we even get into anything, is I didn't get a chance to mention this on the last podcast, Chris, and I felt bad. As you as you remember with Vincent Speranza, we yeah. were going super long, and I wrote in the notes to say this, but I just didn't get a chance to. I have to thank our listener Chris Wolf for making the connection. Yeah, because Chris Wolf was like, "You got to get Vincent Speranza on. You guys talk about getting a World War II veteran on." And yeah, that was an incredible you know, interview. It was getting guys, and there's few lesser and less World War yes. II veterans out there, and getting somebody from Battle of the Bulge that is to me incredible. Being being a military guy, of course, you guys being a veteran, that is those guys and the the, the Rangers that that stormed Omaha and Utah Beach, you know, Normandy Beach, D Day. To me, those those are my heroes. I and uh, just the story you had. The beer run story. Oh, I mean, yeah. Can you imagine? I, you know what? If I hadn't drank anything and been freezing my butt off and been getting shot at and getting bombed and getting the trees shredded above me, I would drink beer full of a helmet, a helmet full of beer that had piss and shit in it, too. It wouldn't bother me in the least. I'd just drink the shit out of that beer. <laughs> so that was like the best beer run story I've ever heard. And yeah. It was, it, no, and, it was awesome. He, he would have gone like five hours with I us, know. but at a certain point I had to cut it off. So I didn't get to thank you, Chris. So Chris, if you're listening, thanks so much for making the connection. And I have to thank Edsel Dope from Dope and his uh, publicist, Kevin, yeah. because I was at the Rise of the Machine tour in New Haven. Amazing bill. It was Static X Fear Factory. I got the Fear Factory t-shirt on. If you guys are watching Come on YouTube. Prepared. Yeah, Static Make X Fear Factory, uh, Dope, Mushroom Head amazing bill and uh yeah they they hooked me up in new haven i got a chance to talk to dino cazares from uh fear factory and he sounds like he'd be interested in coming on the show i've been a huge fear factory fan for years as i said uh mentioning this on instagram they don't need any help from us selling these shows pretty much every show is sold out but if you're in the area and you can go to a show, go see them. Edsel gave us a great interview. And uh, if you're wondering about, like, the new lineup of Fear Factory, I can tell you they've never sounded better. Uh, I just was wondering, why why the hell we got Tasha on? Tasha on, why aren't we wearing Jigsaw Youth t-shirts? Hell, I supplied you guys. Out. I do have a Jigsaw Youth shirt. <laughs> I, just, I didn't even think about that until you, until you just pulled your jacket down. And now I feel like a total douchebag. I like, supplied you guys. <laughs> I, I still wear my <laughs> Jigsaw <laughs> Youth shirt. I got I just didn't even, all right. But uh, I'll do, anyway, I'll do guys. Push-ups but, later. I owe you yeah, push-ups next later. time. <laughs> I got you. Uh, but yeah, but before we get to this interview, we do have to talk about our friends at Ned. They have been such a longtime sponsor. We're going to have Rhett on from Ned coming up Great soon. Guy. 
Um, yeah, we're also going to have Navy SEAL uh, Josh, who's part of their brand. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. But with over 700 five-star customer reviews, Ned's Mellow Magnesium is an instant hit. Nourish your entire body with Ned's proprietary super blend with three forms of chelated magnesium, GABA, L-theanine, and over 70 trace minerals. It propels memory, mood, brain function, stress response, nerve and muscle health, and sleep. And about 75% of Americans are deficient in it. These magnesium supplements are incredible, I will say. Not just for sleep, but like I wake up refreshed. I'm able to do these interviews and like my brain is on. Uh, Great for even like workout recovery. I love these magnesium supplements from Ned. Yeah, Yeah, all I hear is words, 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 numbers, numbers, numbers. I just know it works, man. (laughs) I don't know all that other shit. Like, does it work? Give it to me. Let me try it. And it it works. It helps with recovery. And with me and, you know, still rebuilding this damn knee that I, I tore up, I need all the recovery and sleep I can get. That's what helps me is is the sleep to help rebuild that thing. And Ned, everything that they have provided to us, everything that we've used, the CBD oil, the the uh, the pain relief balm, it it all works. And it's, it's natural. And that's important. It, it really is, especially at my age. I don't need any other foreign stuff that is bad for me put in my body let's use the good stuff and and ned does it and all their products are amazing and red over there just a tremendous tremendous guy with a lot of integrity which says a lot about the company as well 100 percent. and uh so ned's mellow magnesium is actually available now on amazon but you're gonna get the best deal through us yeah. so so check it out through us uh you'll get the best deal when you go to helloned.com slash battle line or just add the code battle line at checkout that's h-e-l-l-o ned.com slash battle line hello ned.com slash battle line let's get right into this interview From Omaha, Nebraska to New York City, from planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space, a podcast with no equal, engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Twitch is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dating for a long time. You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast. The switch is on Battle Line Podcast. Very special guest in studio with me, because Chris is in Kansas. Yes. Natasha Beck from Jigsaw Youth. Hell We've yeah. been meaning to do this for a I while. Know. It's so. been a minute. It's yeah. Been a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but we're finally doing it. I want to give you a proper introduction of like what you do in your band. Sure. But Chris, as you know, like very big news hit last night as we're recording this on Friday. So I at least have to give you guys an update on this. Um 
This is an article from Air Force Times. It's been covered everywhere, but I'm just going to read it. If Chris has any reaction, we'll get into that and we'll get into everything else. Uh, U.S. launches serious strikes after contractor killed, five troops wounded. Uh, U.S. launched retaliatory airstrikes against Iranian-linked sites in eastern Syria Thursday after a suicide drone attack killed a U.S. contractor and wounded five troops and another contractor at a U.S. base there. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said the airstrikes targeted facilities used by groups affiliated with Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps after intelligence officials determined the drone was of Iranian origin, according to a Pentagon statement on Thursday. The attack on the U.S. base occurred around 1.38 p.m. local time at a U.S. coalition maintenance facility near the town of Haska in the country's northeast, the Pentagon said. Two of the wounded troops received on-site medical treatment, while three more troops and the wounded contractor were evacuated to medical facilities in Iraq. Uh, Their condition is unclear. U.S. troops remain in Syria as part of the nearly eight-year effort to defeat the Islamic State and prevent the group's resurgence in areas left unsecured more than a decade into the country's civil war. You can read the rest of that, as I said, over at Air Force Times. But, um, yeah, I mean, Chris, you've been in the contracting world for many years, so this is something you're very familiar with. Yeah, right next to Syria. I've been fighting in Syria since I was in Libya. In fact, that's part of our deal when we were in Libya was – to get weapon systems into Syria. And, and I love it how they say we're, we've been fighting the Islamic State in Syria for eight years. We we caused the Islamic State in Syria by trying to overthrow Assad. Yeah. So um, a lot of that shit that we're dealing with there, we, we with the majority of the stuff that we've done overseas, and, and hey, I loved what I did. I, I did. I loved every bit of it. But we caused a lot of that shit. We, we go and mess up people's houses like a big party, and then we leave. And so you guys clean up the mess. So but getting off of that on the contractor injury, it's, it comes with the job. I'd say it, but it's part of the territory. You're going to be a contractor, you're going to be in the military, you're going to be in these areas. The chances of you dying, of course, go up <laughs> exponentially. Um, I think the biggest thing you and I were talking about, though, was a suicide drone. What exactly is a fucking suicide <laughs> And then I was drone. Googling to it's find out because I, I was asking Chris because we know that the drone- Never heard of that. Never heard of that. Yeah, it, you know, it explodes, but there's no one on the drone. There's no one killing themselves in the process on their end, so. It's, it's a drone. I, and it, it's- and all my military and veteran buddies, you know exactly where I'm coming from. It's some lieutenant or some civilian sitting in the Pentagon thinking, hmm, how can I get a medal for making up a new fucking word for something no, that we already have? Huh? Well, drone, it crashed. It was sitting up in the air. Well, it was loitering a little bit, which is what drones do anyway. I, I mean, shit, in from Benghazi, we had a drone loitering overhead for us for, what, five hours? Oh, and then it goes and blows up. Well, let's call it a suicide drone, even though that's a is oxymoron i'm not a very smart man but is an oxymoron is that is that the right term yeah I think so. okay help me out tasha you're the smart one here you're the one that's got i don't know, you know if it's an oxymoron but it definitely doesn't make sense that's for doesn't sure make sense. <laughs> yeah but, yeah but, doesn't make sense. or it's redundant i guess it's just it, no one not there wasn't a person yeah in drone but I, I, either way like the more important thing the <laughs> fact is like there's still contractors out there there's still people in so many areas of the middle east some of them i mean like you know, Dale Comstock's still a contractor, not in that area necessarily, but like it's interesting when you hear some of these guys are like significantly older than you and they're still over there fighting the war on terror or fighting I, you, as contractors. Which, you, you make a decision at that time and, and you make a decision family or, or, and I don't want to say ego, but it is a little bit of an ego. I, I, 
I'm going to say that I didn't have an ego when I did it. I, I still have an ego. It's part of the job. You, you kind of have, have to have a little bit of you an ego. Yeah. You, you, you do. But uh, those guys are still doing it over there and they're still GRS and ground branch. I'm not giving up any offset guys. So eat shit if you think I am. I'm not. Everybody knows it. But we had GRS and GV over there at, when, when I was in. That was part of our rotation. So... Uh, yeah, that was the only thing I'm wondering myself when I heard contractor in Syria, my first thoughts was, I wonder if I know the guy. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to. And, and eventually, I'm sure if I did, somebody will eventually reach out to me on a private line and, and say, hey, man, this is what happened. We lost. Um, and I, I'm thinking if a con, but that's the thing with contracting uh, for the U.S. government. We've got heating and air techs we got plumber contractor it could it could be just i mean it could be anybody it doesn't have to be a military contractor that dies in one of these places we've lost contractors that worked in the dining facility i mean that's and that's the danger of the job but pay is great and as we we're talking about wanting to live and i was talking about this natasha when she came in hey getting to see the world you're living yeah. that's part of the that's part of the payment you're right. getting who can, you get to go to syria i i the the most amazing thing still i I still remember is driving up and down Biop in 2004 and seeing a building that had been shot up by 50 cow machine guns and and, and been blown. And every day driving by that thing going, man, who gets to see that every day? Yeah. And that's part of the draw of the job. So, you know, God bless the one, the the, the contractor. And they didn't even say... Does it does it designate a gender or do we not do that anymore on contractors either? I, I don't want to make sure. I mean, you would know better than they me. are there. Well, are I, there I, generally I, female contractors in those areas? Oh, no, or? yeah, there's contract yeah. actually even yeah, there's there's female contractors because it, it could be an intel collection contractor yeah. too. I mean, the CIA hires contractors. You don't have to be a staffer. You can be a contractor that worked for the CIA. Wouldn't you say like nine you know, times out of ten though it's going to be a man? Most of, I I would say, and that's yeah. hey, we're not being. But what whoever's getting offended out there be offended. I don't think anyone is going to be offended that's, by that's it. The, the probability it, of it being a guy is high. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I would say almost, yeah, possible. Yeah. But anyway, with that, I, as I said, I want to get to Nastasha, who came in studio, who drove from Staten Island, which I was like, I don't know why you didn't just take the ferry over here. I'm just over but, it. Yeah. So anyway, um, for those who don't know, Jigsaw Youth, nationally touring band. Um, I got to see you guys play Long Island, Amityville Music Hall, which is like a legendary venue. Yeah. Um, you have a really big tour coming up, though, with Bob Villain in May. U.S. dates, Canada dates, like this yeah. is huge. Yeah. Um, I think getting into your background, like before we get into anything that would be like interesting to me and i spoke to you about this when i first met you mm -hmm. is like when i first met chris was at, you know during the 13 hours time when the book came out and benghazi was so yeah a part of the news cycle for you being younger like i don't think you experienced as much of that being part of the news cycle so right. the way we made the connection was you reading um the ranger way yeah that and was so cool. thank you yeah. for that, that so how did really how awesome. did that all come about though what made you pick it up so uh, maybe like two years ago, I was dating a guy who was going to be a ranger and he was at Fort Bragg. I met him in North Carolina. So I didn't really know anything about the whole military life and just like all the things that they go through. And so like dating him, I stayed at Fort Bragg a couple of times and I, I just like kind of fell in love with it. The discipline. And he was crazy, but he had the <laughs> ego, but he, he needed to because he, he had to get through ranger school, and, and which he did. Sure. Um, so I was like really intrigued. And then even though it didn't work out, I was still like, oh, I could apply a lot of these principles 
becoming a ranger, sure. fighting for something, having a passion, having a mission, apply it to my life, which I kind of was already doing, but was drawn to it more. So on my first national tour that I got, which was like, I think, yeah, November, December of 2021, towards the end of the year, I was reading a lot. And um, I picked up that book. I was reading a lot of different. Yeah, I can tell you're an books. avid reader. Yeah, I, I've been slacking a little bit. Um, <laughs> but for a while, I was like burning through them. So that's the one that I picked up because while he was away, I wanted to kind of learn more about what he was going through. That way I, there could be a connection because I'm, I'm a girl from New York. You know, I'm not a guy that's going to fight wars. Like, you know, how are we going to connect? So I was like, let me let me educate myself. So, um, yeah. And then it just kind of continued through there. So I picked up that and I read 13 hours and I just, I wow. loved it. And it was a lot of, cause a lot of the principles are the same, like embracing the suck. There's a lot of things that come with like working in an industry that's really not easy, especially being a woman. So, um, and then just applying it through like everything, just having the discipline to be healthy, have a good like mental state, even if you know, your surroundings are kind of like falling apart. Yeah. So sure. to this day, I still use those like principles, ah. those morals, those lessons. Cause it was more of like, I like that you wrote the book where you don't have to be a ranger to relate. It was like, you could be anybody as long as you're relating to like these set rules. You know what I mean? Well, so. I did. That's, that's the whole reason when I did write, there was enough cool guy books out there. And, and I, it was like, man, I think people need to realize how much we are screw ups and what we, it's, it's just like everybody else. We screw yeah, like up we're so human. much. Yeah. It's just how, and, but what do you do? Do you, that's the only difference I tell people between Ranger Seals, Delta, whatever else and civilian population is that it's not that any stronger, any mentally, more mentally tough. And it's just that when we fall down, we pick ourselves up. Right. And everybody can do that. Yeah. And honestly, yeah, I, I, that's where I, yeah, you know, where I, I did see that on 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 your your Instagram, like man, that's she's really, that's that's cool, and I thought it was because of my face, because yeah, I was it was a pretty good looking picture. I <laughs> yeah, know. I mean, it might have contributed <laughs> to also selling the book. <laughs> like man, that that's grimy, <laughs> looks, looks hardcore. But then then what I did is I saw the you know I saw one of your one of your you're doing one of your shows. It was early on. This was about last year, about eight months. It's been about that long now. Eight, nine months. Yeah, and honestly, I it because. Being at Range Battalion, this, there's a tie in here, folks. There is the Funky Monkey and Alternative Rock and the Funky Monkey Music Station out in Seattle. Was it? You know that was huge. I mean, we're big Nirvana, big Pearl Jam. I mean, that stuff that's was brand what we new. Are, that's what we are. Like we, exactly. our sound derived from that entire scene. Yeah, it did. And I, that's the, that's the clip I listened to. I'm like, holy shit, that kind of sounds like Alice in Chains. Yeah, like, I like <laughs> that shit. And that's when I'm like, man, well, you know what? Maybe these kids, maybe. I, I'm saying it with, and it's endearing, Tasha. I'm, of these course. Kids, maybe, maybe there's kids that still know how to play their own instruments, still get music, don't need synthesizer, don't need yeah. auto tune and all this stuff. And they're actually doing, and that was, that's what was like, man, finally, a generation that's coming back to us old farts, what we like. It's funny that I'm calling Pearl Jam and Nirvana old it's farts. It's crazy. Yeah. Cause are. I grew up with that too, but it's true it, for a while, like, early 2000s up until kind of recently it was more uh, obviously country and pop that's what's really yeah. taking over the airwaves and like hip-hop um 
So I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily in like the greatest genre when it comes to wanting to make a career out of it, but I'm working so hard. And now that we're touring this much and things are really starting to pop off since the end of 2021, March 15th, I've been in this band for eight years. So I've been Which is wild. Yeah. yeah. We've been, so you know, did since you start we're kids. high school? Yeah, I was like 15, 16. Um, I just turned 25. So, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's been, it's been a long road, but. Now people are starting, it's starting to resurface. I don't know how or why, but trends do that. And yeah, it, like I the whole like, Deftones thing is coming back. People are listening yeah. to Corn again. People. I was like, going to say Smashing Pumpkins reuniting. Yeah. Like that was big. Yeah. I mean, all of it. Who doesn't love Nirvana? Like, yeah. so now all the younger kids, like when they come to see our show, they don't know for the most part who we're influenced by because they're, they're really young. And you're but, also touring with bands who sound nothing like you. So they're in the they're in the genre of rock, but different yeah, types. Like sure. they're usually either like pop punk or all, like maybe indie rock or something like that. For the most part, I, in my opinion, I would say we're pretty authentically like grunge with like elements yeah. of punk and stuff like that. Yeah, but. Yeah. Even if I sit down and I try to write something else in my room, like it's always going to come out grunge. It's just where my heart <laughs> lies. It's what I grew up with. And I just relate the most to it. So it seems to be working out. It seems like we're on, like our trajectory seems to be doing pretty oh, yeah. decent right now. So we're just going to keep going at it. And that's good. Just yeah, take it just as far keep, as we keep can. Grinding. Yeah, that's yeah, really what it's all about. Now, tell me, because you said you're you're in high school, you played, and, and tell us your story from the beginning, because you went to college, right? You, yeah. You, did you and you graduate and you graduated with honors? Is that? I mean, you're pretty. You're like a super genius, like a closet super genius. No, definitely not. <laughs> no. no, I did well. I did well in school. Um, I wasn't anything crazy, but I was just really passionate when it came to like arts and business and stuff like that. So even if I wasn't doing too hot, my teachers always were like, all right, like it's stash. But um, yeah, I I was going to Notre Dame Academy in Staten Island. Um, wow. Kind of fell into, fall, I fell in love with the whole Riot Girl movement. I was going through a lot of shit back at home and I was just, I was just a lost teenage kid i was just angry i had a lot of resentment that's bands like bikini kill and all that right well yeah so we're named after bikini kill they had, I had a no idea called of that. jigsaw youth yeah. i didn't know that okay yeah. i know bikini kill but yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah, too. yeah. Wow. she's she was like a big part of that whole movement yeah always screaming and ripping her clothes off on stage she was like anti everything yeah. that a girl should have <laughs> been you know what i mean so i was into that because I was going to like a preppy all girls school and I wasn't, not that I wasn't fitting in, I was, I had a lot of friends, but there was just something about everything that I was just like, I need, I want to like, I'm going to kill somebody. <laughs> so I started <laughs> playing music and once I picked it up, I was trying to start a band, couldn't really find anyone that was going to take it seriously, but I was like super passionate. I had a Tumblr back in the day. I don't even know if you guys know what that is. Yeah, I remember Tumblr. Okay. Anonymous. This do you know what it is, Chris? The, the, you're talking about the social media. I see when I see Tumblr, you're talking about the social media Tumblr or the actual cup, coffee cup. That's a Tumblr. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 no. The social media. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like kind of like a social media. It's more of like mood boards and aesthetic. It's more for photography. So you don't really, it's not like a lot of pictures of yourself and like friends. It's kind of okay. just following 
aesthetically pleasing you, you pages. You have to educate the old guy. Yeah. The old guy doesn't so get it's not even really in right. anymore, but it was when I was growing up because you could customize your own. It was cool. So I had an anonymous one and mine was really just like a lot of stage lighting production, a lot of bands. It was all bands. And someone anonymous anonymous page messaged me and was like oh i like your page and hers was like a beach thing long story short we start going back and forth because you know it's a random person i'm 16 i'm 16 i'm a girl i'm a girl i'm from new york i'm from what's your name where are you from blah 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 so it ended up being maria so me and her meet which is your singer yeah yeah me and her meet downtown manhattan we went to st mark's we were because that's it's all like yuppie now, but at the at one point it was a lot of like hardcore punks that were like chilling over there. Um, we were hanging out and one like literally the day that I met her, and we even we skyped beforehand back when Skype was the thing, <laughs> and we were like, we are in a band, like period, this is it, and like let's fucking do this. And ever since then we were cracking away, just learning how to become women, learning how to learn our like learn our instruments, songwriting. It was it was a lot, but we grew together. We went through a couple drummers, wasn't really working out. Finally, I went to Wagner College. I met my drummer. And that's the current drummer? Because I've yes. seen two different drummers, there right? Are on three. Your... Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I met Alex. Your current drummer's awesome. I have, she's the best. I have a funny story from the show, but keep going. She's the best. Um, she's very to herself, but when she gets up there, she's like murdering her kit, which is a requirement for <laughs> our music. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we were in marching band together. I hated marching band. Don't even ask me why I was in it. They they were why giving were, why, why were you in it? I got They know. were giving me a scholarship <laughs> to play music and I was like, "All right, I'm going to get money off my tuition." So like, you were I, drumming. I was playing bass. Oh wow, okay. Does that make any sense? No, I just think of drumming is marching band, so. It is. Yeah. Cuz that's and what so, Alex And some is horns doing. and all that, yeah. No, of course. I have no fucking clue. They had me play bass, which was a nightmare. I was always getting in trouble. I I, I hated the arrangements. I wasn't wearing the uniform. They were like, "Put the fucking plume on." I was like, "I'm not wearing the fucking plume." So, I meet Alex and I didn't even really know her, but I was like, yo, you want to be in my band? And she's like, what kind of music you play? I'm like, grunge, bro, come on. Like, do you have a kit? you have a house? you have a basement? She's like, yeah. I'm like, practice is at your house this Friday at 8. And once you're in the band, you are never allowed to leave. I literally said that to her. I didn't even, like, know her name. She was like, all right. And I sent her all the demos. And I said, don't worry if you don't know them all by Friday. Like, you know. And I got there and she knew the songs better than I knew them. So I was like, okay, so you're in the band forever. And then that was it. It was like off to the races for Was she years. tatted up at the time or was she was not yeah. she, all both of the girls, even my merch girl, Jess, she's our she's like a part of the band too, because she's always with us. But everyone's tatted but me. I have Wait, a couple. Je- so I'm thinking of Jess then, right? Jess has tattoos. The tone over- sleeve. Yeah, 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 I think because that's what I was going to tell you. You know, what? I'll tell you a funny, quick story that Chris will find funny. I think from the show, I was talking to her about Deftones because okay. I Deftones are my favorite band. Same. I've probably seen Deftones like 15 times. I've never real. seen them. You got to see. I them. am at Rockville. You have to see them headline a show though. I feel like you, you have to see them with their audience. Yeah. Because yeah. anytime I've seen them open, it's just never as good right. for me. But anyway. So at your show at Amityville Music Hall, I'm talking to Jess about Deftones. I'm talking about how I flew to Colorado to go see uh, Deftones and Incubus. Ooh, that's at, who I'm seeing oh, in Rockville. Wow. Yo, at, and Tool. Um, 
That's yeah. an insane Incub- line. So this I, was, I, 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 I'd see Incubus out there. I'm sorry. I love Deftones, but Incubus. They, I love they Incubus. toured last summer, man. You should have gone. I saw them in I, Jersey. I saw them on Long Island. Chris never goes to shows. <laughs> Come um, on, Chris. <laughs> but I saw them at Red Rocks Amphitheater. I flew out to Colorado. So anyway, Crazy. I'm talking to, to Jess about this. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, in the corner of my eye, I see some girl whip out her boob and your singer sign and your singer's like, yeah. yeah. And she's signing some girl's boob. And it's like, suddenly I'm 18 again. Cause I'm in the middle of talking to Jess about Deftones and I'm like, all right, I'm extremely distracted right now. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about this. That's classic jigsaw shit. Like that shit goes down. We have girls. It's always the girls, which is even funnier. And I like that, but they'll come up and they'll be like, Maria, if you draw something on my face, I will go to the tattoo parlor tomorrow and get it tattooed on my face. Probably not a good idea. I swear though. to God they have. <laughs> I swear to God. They're getting jigsaw tattoos. It's like a, it's like a, it's a lifestyle. It's a mission. These people are like, into it because we're like the underdogs of the scene because we're yeah. we didn't have any management or an agent until literally a couple months ago i just picked up my managers last month um but we were doing all of this stuff and everybody was like who you signs with who's your agent who you signs with and we're like me 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 nobody we have nobody and they're like how are you doing this i'm like i've my life this is my life and i will say like for people outside of new york they don't realize like every borough has their own scene and, right. and that adds to the underdog thing because yeah. I would say like Long Island has a great scene. Amazing. Brooklyn, Queens, yeah. sort Long, of here Long in Island the most. Yeah, Long Island has a great scene. Yeah. And and I, when I was even talking to you, like who's big in Staten Island right now? And it's like personally, I just don't know, you know. Back, you know, when hardcore was still popping, which it's still very, it, it, it is, it's, it's probably doing better now than it was. But when it was still more of like an underground thing, a lot of those long island bands were also in bands with people from staten island so it was it was cool at a point but and then maybe like six years ago we had a small scene that was coming up and we were doing well we were doing some like diy tours up and down the coast but after a while you start to weed out like who's doing this because they just want to like do drugs and and like drink and and who's like how is this really like their lifeline? You know what I mean? Like for, for me and the girls, it was more of like a lifeline. It's more than we never really partied like that. It was more of like, no, this is kind of our coping mechanism with life. This is how I see life. I see everything in color. I see everything in music. So I'm not going to not write just because I'm in an argument with one of the girls, which never happens either. A lot of communication is like the key when it comes to being in a band because you're really in a relationship with them at the end of the day. Like yeah. we're all single. For a reason. It's like that 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 takes up a lot of our time. It's hard to connect with yeah. people that that's not their sole purpose. And it's I feel like we sound a little crazy sometimes, but it was it was kind of similar to I kind of pulled it from the book. How you said before, like yeah. I had an ego when I was when I was a contractor, you know, you have to be. So yeah. for me, sometimes when I explain it to people, it's like I'm not gonna walk down the street and like tell everyone to go fuck themselves but it's like i have an ego i have to i have to have a small god complex to think that i have a product that's better than everything else out there and i'm gonna push hard for that so you have to it's kind of like mike tyson talks about it all the time yeah you know him and cuss like that relationship where it's and i read that book which one him and cuss yes yeah 
that was an amazing book that also changed my perspective on a lot because he had to keep feeding him at a young age like you are a monster you are the best you are going to annihilate everybody you're going to be the king no one's even going to remember all the icons that came before you because you're going to over you're going to just blow them out of the water which essentially did happen like not a lot of people know Sonny Liston. Not a lot of people know. Yeah. Like a casual boxing fan that's like not into that. But everybody knows Mike, Mike Tyson. Tyson sure. So that's kind of where me and the girls relate on like a very intimate level where like that's what we want for ourselves. And a lot of people don't, they don't push for that. So that's well, kind of where they fall off track. Well, that's the hard work ethic. I, that's one thing I, I even just got off off your feed is that uh, us, old, us old farts, we love hard work, and I even wrote that you got to work hard. You don't yeah. quit. You, yeah. You, and and we do. I, I am. I'm a grouchy son of bitch that looks at twenty year olds and goes, "You do, you do not know a damn thing about work ethic. Right. You do not want to. Everything's yeah. so easy. I'm going to show my ass on social media. I'm going to have eight million followers, and I'm like, what? but that's one thing that I got from you guys, and I like I like you to expound on that too, and the importance because every generation we do need more hard work and that you just have to keep grinding and hey sometimes it it, it happens like that and sometimes right. it for it some may people take forever but if you keep working hard it, something good will come out of it. Right. It, it and you will succeed whether it's financially or whether it's emotionally or whether it's both you know but that's the thing is that was lost on i, I at least I, I mean, maybe not maybe in, you guys Ian, you're still younger than me, so I'm going to say you're still young too. But even <laughs> Ian, Ian, Ian works his ass off. Yeah, thanks, and man. That's that's a great example. So, I, and you just said it a million times. We just we just work. We just work, work, work. You've said it over and over. The importance of working hard and not giving a shit what people think, and but doing the best that you can, and most important, what you think how you're doing your 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 product that you're putting out there. And, and that you just, you just don't sit around and hopefully somebody notices you. You're, we're going to get out there and bust our asses and having the air, having the ego, but not having the arrogance. That's where Mike Tyson right. went off the rails is when he got arrogant. Right. Confident is one thing, ego, and then you cross the line. And then when you make it to that level, which you're going to, what are you going to do to not become arrogant and right. go off the rails yeah. and maintain that humility with ego and confidence? Hope you guys are enjoying this interview with the great, lovely Nastasha Beck in studio from Jigsaw Youth. Uh, before we continue, Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition. It's designed to tumble upon impact and soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the the, the TUI ammo outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammo being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring they receive the same results with every pull of the trigger. Did you pull out one of the tins? Those, Those tins are awesome. I wouldn't have a tin. Oh, I, thought, I saw you in the too. background, but yeah. Oh, no, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm just, you know me, I just do the interview. I'm holding the 300 blackout the whole time we do an interview. <laughs> Makes me feel comfortable. It's like my teddy bear. <laughs> Hold it. But well, no, the ammo is fantastic, man. Best ammo on the planet. By yeah. Far. And with those tins, you can get them with different ammo. Just a great collectible to have. So check them out. Uh, Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in every state. Or you can go to FSM.com. Use the promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. 
only available to listeners of the Battleline podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline podcast. Once again, guys, fsm.com, promo code Battleline. Simple as that. And, of course, we have the best night vision sponsor in the game. Now you can have the superpower to see at night in the dark with the Viper Binocular Night Vision System by Photonist Defense. It is the global leader in night vision solutions, providing more high-quality night vision capabilities than anyone. Military, law enforcement, and public safety end users utilize Photonist Defense solutions to give them the edge at night in tactical situations and rescue operations. Hunters, shooters, boaters, and enthusiasts can rely on the Photonist Defense Viper binocular to become masters of darkness. The new Viper binocular system carries the same features and benefits as the Photonist Defense Viper monocular with a ruggedized body and harnesses the power of the echo intensifier tubes, giving you sharper images, reduced halo, and industry-leading ultra-fast auto-gating across the range of dynamic operating conditions. The last time I was in Kansas, I saw you do the night vision class. Yeah. And um, even yeah. Uh, even the owner, uh, Ryan Kraft, of yeah. Battleline, of not of Battleline, of Fort, Fort Scott. Scott Munitions, he didn't know anything about Photonis at the time and was using other night vision. Like, he was sold after well, seeing Phil Otto. Yeah, and, he, yeah. And, and, and he got a pair of them. That, guys, that stuff, it, it literally and figuratively is like night and day using it. Honestly, we need to get Jigsaw Youth hooked up. Can you imagine... <laughs> Tosh up there with the four bangers up there. Dude, bad ass. I actually be, been telling the girls, so- I'm like, it would be kind of cool to wear like tech gear, like the <laughs> like vest, tech. like the bullet vest. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It would be cool. It's a it's a new thing now. It would, uh, yeah, but it the would shirts awesome. I gave you guys right, have the yeah the uh, gas mask right yeah but it looks like it's wearing like uh, the goggles oh no we'll hook we got we got to get them photonics we got to get them hooked up yeah. with, with a pair. I, I don't <laughs> think it's gonna happen because this, this is a very high priced item yeah, no, but it's no. but it's worth it it's worth it. no it's it, worth it, it is shot. tremendous stuff it, it's the best night vision guys on the planet by far and, and the focus on it you hear auto gating but guys it's the focus the focus and yeah and how detailed you are at night that's what you need to see and you need that at night. You you need to be able to differentiate friend or foe. And if you can't see, it's hard to do. And um, and, and the, the group itself, they have trusted professionals that work there, guys that have served, operators that have two of them. I've worked with overseas in Afghanistan. They know what they're doing. Tremendous products. And um, yeah, if you're a hunter, hogs, coyotes, whatever, they're tremendous. And if law enforcement, military, guys, let your guys come home at night. Get them the best night vision out there so they come home to their families at night. I mean, that's yeah. the important. And, so get with Photonist Defense. And I only mention that it's a higher price point because this is not night vision you're going to get at Cabela's or a store like that. No, it's, it's, it's mill-grade night this vision. Is, and that's yeah, what you want. Yeah. Mill-grade yeah. night vision. So, yeah, if you're looking for the best night vision out there, look no further. Visit PhotonistDefense.com for more information or look for Photonist Defense product options from your local night vision dealer. Uh, it's P-H-O-T-O-N-I-S-Defense.com, PhotonistDefense.com. Let's get back to our interview with Nastasha Beck from Jigsaw Youth. Can you expound on, on all that? Maybe inspire some of our younger generation. It's, yeah, you, we still need to work hard to succeed. Right. I say sometimes <clears throat> when I'm in the mood, 
if the shows are going really great and the chemistry is really great on stage, like I'll just break out into like a small one to two minute speech where because a lot of the people that are coming out to an underground jigsaw youth show, odds are you're either a musician, an artist or you're like kind of misunderstood in some way. Somehow you came to this weird ass spot. So let me just address it. And I, I tell them, I'm like, listen, if you're an artist or even if you're if you're something else, like if you want to be a firefighter or you're you have some type of passion sometimes like don't get discouraged if you know somebody else that's that's wants the same thing and it happens overnight for them sometimes it takes a really long time i know some of my friends that have been in bands for two years and boom they're touring europe they're touring the u.s i've been doing this for eight years but you know what i i value my longevity of the band i wouldn't i wouldn't trade anything I'm only 25. I still have a lot of work to do and a lot uh, more time to do it. But everyone's path is different. You just got to keep going at it because there's a reason. There's a reason for all of that. So, you know, and a lot of times they come up to me after and they're like, I really appreciate that because I'm sure everybody has had it where you're like, how the hell? That person did not work nearly as hard (laughs) as me. Yeah. Yet they jumped the freaking ladder. It happens. But I also am like, I'm not really into having like the hit for the week. I'm into having, like I want to create music where at some point in life, kind of like how you turn on like Led Zeppelin like that. It's timeless. Yeah. You could literally turn that on at any given moment to any person, any age, any gender. And everybody will be like, yeah, this shit slaps. Yeah. Hard. So. And and like the guys we've had on the show who are musicians, like the ones that I grew up around have that same drive. I mean, like the two that come to mind was actually like actually the old Gotham podcast location. I had my friend Jaden Panesso from Siler and like Siler took off. I was at their first ever show. Yeah. And him in particular, I was like, he has this drive for this band to be huge. Yeah. Frankie Palmieri from Amur. Like Amur was playing that venue you were, you know, at playing Amityville Music Hall. And then I saw Amur headline Starland Ballroom, like way bigger venue in New Jersey. And like Frank in particular, there's a reason he's the only sole member of that band still in that band because he was like under any circumstances, I'm going to see this yeah. band succeed. And he's even talked about it. I don't think on the show, but in other things, he's like, I had years of my life where I was living in like a storage facility because yeah. I couldn't like afford an yeah. apartment around yeah. here, but I just needed this band to take off. Yeah. And I think like yeah, anybody who's been in a band that's taken off, especially as you said, doing music that is not like, the most current thing right it's now. Not, uh, yeah, it's and, not and, like the most lucrative genre and that was, right now. Like, if you listen to Amur, they're the heaviest fucking band on the planet. No one would ever think a band like that would have any type of mainstream success. So it was like wild to, to me to see them headline a venue like Starland yeah. Ballroom. You're taking a leap. You're taking a step where there's a lot of doubt and you just you really just have to reflect on yourself and just make sure that you know that you want this. This is your mission. Cause there's a lot of times where any person that either they're a really hard band or they're like a weird rap group or even us, like Maria literally sounds like a guy on the mic. <laughs> like she literally is screaming <laughs> at the top of her lungs. And a lot of times when we were younger, people were like, maybe you should tone it down. Maybe and I'm like, no, <clears throat> we just have to harness our strengths and like we're working on it. But every person that's ever like, maybe you should have a backup plan. Maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you should get a degree in something else. Maybe you should. I'm like, no, I, I know what we have. We're still working. on. You have to perfect. You have to work on your craft. Yeah. Like no yeah. expert in anything is only going to work at something for a little amount of time and then just like, boom, you know, it takes a long time. 
Yeah, I hate musicians. I know a lot of the, especially a lot of on the left side of this aisle don't like the comparison, but if you want to be a good shooter, that thing behind me right there, I have to work on that still at 52. I have to go train and it's the same thing. I'm sure, you know, I can't play guitar. I've tried. I can't play guitar for shit. I don't know why. I just can't get these things to work. I can't either, actually. And I did try it. It's it's not an easy instrument, you know, but it's... It, well, it, I, if you have no, a really go, great go, teacher, it's a little different. You know what I mean? And that's maybe I need to take that up then get 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 a teacher. But it, regardless, it's it's that you have to you have to work at it. You have to practice and practice and practice. And still, it's 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 it, you can lose that if you don't keep practicing. So you have to train yourself again every day. And that's why, I like you saying that, because it does. It takes that constant work. Um, you mentioned something about you got a manager now. Yes. I, I want to know, and, and but you wanted to stay true. I, you know, being not in the music world, but when I had my little feet, my little feet dabbled in the in the Hollywood social media TV. Had it, I had a manager and all that. Mm. They did try to change, me. and I'm not not, and I bet it's even worse in in the in in the music world that they want you because you're right. You grunge is not the big thing right now. Managers and publicists and agents, they want to make money. Yeah. So are they starting to try to push you that way or do you think they're going to? And if they do, do you have a plan already in action? Are you like, okay, if they do that, I'm just going to give them the finger and tell them to F off. Or am I going to, and the term is still relevant, are you going to sell out and do right. go, go what they want you to do to make money? So as far as my agent goes, because he was the first person that we like hopped on board with a lot of his roster is anti-flag the chats oh, no. like people that he's into that shit yeah, you know what rock. i mean yeah. so yeah. he don't want to change nothing <laughs> and everybody's believing that we're gonna do good because even if the genre seems a little bit weird when you see us live and you see how people react and when you put us on an, a good bill regardless whether you like rock or not it's a fun time and everyone's throwing the phone oh yeah down. so that's where the mosh pit. at yeah it's all school mosh pit yeah. shit that's you guys it's like oh back back when i could actually get in there and not break a hip yeah That's exactly so yeah. when you see because you know social media now like at least for me i look at our band page instagram like that's like our resume to the bands sure. that are looking for openers mm-hmm. to go out on tour because we're still the little guys so we kind of need people to keep taking us bigger people that have been doing it more take us under their wing that way we can start showcasing which is what we've been doing for the past year and a half so i guess when they see that we're able to tour. We're not stressing about, you know, paying our vendors for like supplies. We just bought a really beautiful van last uh, last year wow. to tour with because these freaking van companies they want like four grand a month to tour. I'm like, I will buy my own, and you can all go <laughs> <Yeah>. fuck yourselves. <laughs> um, so they they see that <clears throat> we have a business knack, we have passion. There is a product that nobody has. Like we are different. So he don't want to change nothing. Our managers. They actually were, they're a mom and pop type, well, a pop and pop, we call them because they're two guys, but they're like a pop and pop shop. So it's like, they don't want to change anything. They're also like the underdogs with us where they want to root for us and everything. They really, really are passionate. They love our music. So as long as you find, it took a long time, but as long as you have people that come to you that are willing to not take any money from you until you're really like making it at that believe in your mission, then they don't, they don't want to change anything. You know, they just want to keep pushing you and selling you. So yeah. that's, we got blessed where no that's one's true. trying to change us. Cause we're not with a label right now. Um, which 
now because of the internet and that's all the changed things so much you don't even really need no. one no because you don't need your music distributed in stores anymore right. like i and this shows my age right i worked at tower records before i worked at sirius and all that <laughs> oh nice and, and you, <laughs> you needed your album to be in tower Re- <laughs> yeah you needed your album to be in tower records you yeah. needed it to be in fye sam goody and all yeah everything has changed yeah. now uh the unfortunate thing is also like everybody is streaming now which i don't right. but I, artists get paid a fraction of a penny for streaming it's insane. and then you go out and do shows and then venues take a portion of your sales for your merch i know and they have your hand in your pocket on everything and it's so hard to be a like lucratively successful band yeah. unless you're at that top level and and i will give like uh, maybe the other side to what chris said of the whole selling out thing I know you and and your band well enough like that you guys listen to other types of music. You listen to hip hop. You listen to everything. So I actually don't think it would ever be selling out if you do another thing that you're passionate about and you're like, I love this song, but this sounds like a hit song for radio. And um, the the example I could think of is like when I had Jay Panessa from Siler in here, they had a song on Monday Night Football called All or Nothing and it was played on ESPN. Was it anywhere near <laughs> as heavy as Siler's usual stuff? No, but like it was a great song. It was a song they believed in. It was definitely a more radio friendly song. Right. But I don't think anything is wrong with that. I think if you guys like organically put together something yeah. and it's still true to what you believe, but you're like, wow, this could this could appeal to a more broad audience. I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, example I could think of too is uh, Paul Stanley from Kiss is always asked about like if they sold out from when they were playing <laughs> these tiny venues to playing Madison Square Garden. Like, like, what do you mean? I worked up. hard and I and more people want to come to the show. Yeah, and Paul Stanley is like, if you think my dream in starting Kiss was to play like tiny venues in front of fifty, you people, are sadly mistaken. Yeah, he's like, no, I wanted a headline Madison Square Garden. So like, I don't think that's selling out as long as it's true to you being you no. and the band being the band. I don't see anything wrong with your music connecting to more people than you thought. Like, <clears throat> what is, how could that be negative? More people loving your stuff and connecting to it and having a good time. Like, it's a party. Like, everyone's invited to this fucking party. But I think people confuse selling out with a lot of the times bands just getting older, getting uh, they're more financially stable and then like the revolution like the internal revolution the rebellion the fire that they had to write whatever they originally wrote is not the same yes and i i, I gotta jump in on that because so i was talking about working at tower records after i worked at tower records i worked for fangoria magazine which is fangoria You've been radio around on so yeah I'm old, but uh, so anyway, I worked with D. Snyder for Fangoria Radio, and mm-hmm. that Stay Hungry album was massive. That had uh, I want to, I mean, Chris knows all like I want to rock, and yeah. uh, why am oh, I yeah. not thinking of uh, We're not going to take it. Those are the big hits, and they had the song in the Pee Wee's Big Adventure movie too, uh, the Burn in Hell song. And after that, Twisted Sister completely fell off, and yeah. D. Snyder will say. Like, yeah, I went from being so hungry for this band to succeed to being in my house, like, by the pool and my sports car. Yeah. And he was like, what am I angry about? There's, I have nothing to be, be angry about anymore. Yeah. And that, the, the band took a total turn for the worse. So, yeah, you still have to be, like, passionate about something when writing these songs. Yeah. I mean, just because you hit a certain level doesn't mean that you don't have to maintain it. After a while, you know, that money's going to run out. That dream might run out. Like, And it did for him. Yeah. Yeah, it, it happens. So that's why a lot of those one hit wonders, like they boom, they pop off. And then all of a sudden it's like 
They don't have anything. And then sometimes that has to do with contracts and who's involved in their team that they don't want them to outshine over someone else on the roster. There's a lot of dirty shit that goes on, I'm sure. Yeah. But I went to Wagner for music business and, you know, I'm not going to say like, oh, I know it all, but I went. You learned a lot. Yeah. I learned a lot. Yeah. And I went there to educate myself because I believed even before we started touring that at some point something was going to break. And I have to know what I'm standing on and how to protect myself. So I'm I'm thankful I have a team that they're not going to take advantage of me. And, you know, I, we're from I'm from New York. You know, you watch your back at all times, <laughs> but they're great. And like they've been in contact with us for like a year and a half because they saw us play. Um, they're one of the bands on their roster that's been popping off right now is Destroy Boys. Yeah. They took us under their wing. That was like our first national tour. We were direct support for them. So our first show was in Anaheim, California. They were there. And then when they saw us play, even though we were so nervous, we killed it. It was sold out. That was it. They were like, what the <laughs> fuck was that? And ever since then, they've been kind of chiming in, like keeping in the loop of what we were doing and where we were going and stuff. And then finally, like they pulled the trigger and they were like, let's, let's do this because why not? Like, we're we're hardworking. We show up on time. Show yeah. up on time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so That's exactly. driving to New York City, right. though. Today, it's just, it's, it happens. We, we have our bad days. No sure. <laughs> I could have sworn he said twelve thirty. I'm over here. I'm like strutting <laughs> in. I'm like Gotham Studios. Um, no, yeah. So it's been. Yeah, I, don't, I, I lost track because I'm thinking about how I was late. But. No, and, and it probably <laughs> yeah. because you know what it is? I think we were originally we were originally doing Zoom, and Chris and I will do like a 30-minute intro. So I think I then should – but no, you're you're good. <laughs> but anyway, no, you're talking about how your management discovered you and are keeping you in the loop. Yeah, everything. just like they see that the drive the, – the, the drive is not running out anytime soon. You know what I mean? We're young, we're healthy, we're hungry, and that's just what it is. You know, we're all – I mean, Alex is a math teacher. So oh, wow. she's been juggling wow. that a lot, got her master's and everything. But wow. me and Maria have been working like tons of just part-time jobs constantly because sure. we need the flexibility to get out. Does it suck? Yeah. Have I taken like a pay cut in the past since I started touring oh, yeah. so that I can have the flexibility? Sure. <laughs> um, trying to get my mortgage license right now so I could do a remote on the road and, and everything. Wow. Um, so we're we're not going to just like do all this with no money in our pocket like we're you know we we have a game plan going on yeah so that's awesome that's that's a great yeah that's a great example that's just a great example to how to live i mean sometimes you got to work four jobs it's just shit happens you got to make ends meet and you got to do it and you're getting your mortgage license you i see you are you're fucking smart i'm trying (laughs) and and and, is alex math teacher she's a math teacher high school math all right do you do you got do you see and the musicians that Ian's introduced me to are the ones that I, I've met in front. All y'all have this, there is, are all y'all just super, super, super smart, intelligent, and music is just, I don't know, is, is that just, is that a smart, <laughs> you don't have to be smart what I did. You just have to be able to No, you do quick. though. You have to, all right, you have to be able to, listen. you have to be able to think quickly. Scaling and those houses quickly. and making those decisions, <laughs> clearing right, those yeah. rooms, that's a formula. It, it, there is a formula. I would bust it. at the it, seams. It, it, <laughs> There's also just like a weird <laughs> stress thing, though, because Chris and I have seen this. Well, I've seen it like in particular that there's guys. I would bust at the seams. Yeah, I was saying. But this is why it's weird to me because you've seen it, I think, Chris. Like there's been guys who have been on the show 
who have done some of the most heroic stuff in combat and they get nervous to do an interview on a podcast, they, they which is crazy to me, right? Because yeah, like to me, I just guess partially I've been doing this for so long. This is nothing. But if I was in Chris's scenario, yeah, I don't, I, I couldn't, that's, that's not for me. Well, so. I guess you have to think a lot of those guys, they're with the same group of guys. They're like brothers and you're not really talking to a lot of people. Am I wrong? Right. I feel like some well, guys I, aren't I, good I, with that. I feel, I said, I think it's still the ego comes in a little. I, I've never did. Cause I, I, and you know, if, if you've seen the movie 13, I've read that you have. The guy probably that's spot on. I never gave a shit of what anybody thought about me, and that's the biggest thing. And I think I don't know. Can you attest to this as well? Get up on stage. I don't give a shit what you. When I go speak, I you don't like me, fine. I'm going to talk. I'm going to say what I want to say. Don't give a shit if you judge me. I don't care. And and but I think a lot of my peers that get into it, they get up there. And they're just like everybody else. When you feel like you're being judged, what's he thinking of me? As you know, how's he looking at me? Am I? Am I? Can I uphold this this stigma, or can I uphold this this what people think about me of what I did? And, and it's just like anybody else. They get nervous because they they start the ego kicks in. They start thinking of themselves. Yeah. And I guess I think it's I get them, that goes into the you guys getting up on stage. I don't see that. That's one thing that I drew to me to you guys as well. Is like, these guys don't give a shit. They just get up there and play. And I think that's adds to the success because you take that one less burden, that element of being nervous, it's gone. So now you can just do your job. And yeah. that, that impressed me as well. Cause I, I have watched not as many bands as Ian has, but I've I've seen a few here and there. And you can just tell when a band is really tied up on stage and they suck. And you can tell where bands just get up and they're just loose and and they they just kill it. So I I, I guess I think it's a good segue into that. You know, um is that something that you guys had to work on or did that just come natural? It sounded like it just came natural for you, especially being the bass in the marching band. But, oh, God. Uh, the but what was that like with everybody else? And has that always been that way or did you guys – it's something you had to work on or you had to teach others, say, hey, guys, loosen the fuck up. It's right? a little you bit of this. both. I mean, I getting up in front of people – we always get nervous. I can't really tell at this point if it's like nervousness or just adrenaline. Just adrenaline, yeah. Because we, adrenaline. I'll do like literally fifty push-ups like right then and there, right before we go, and I'm like roiding out on stage. Like, Yo, let's go. Um, Not that you take actual roids. No. <laughs> no, but the girls make fun of me. They're like, "You got to stop working out your arms. You have to stop." Um, <laughs> no, it's 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 definitely something you have to work on, just like anything else. Um, Alex is very quiet, but she's behind the kit. So I think that's a good barrier for her. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Because it's not like she has a mic. She doesn't, she doesn't have to talk. Me and Maria, or Maria and I, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're the smart one. It's like, I'm really not. Um, Maria and I are basically both of the front women. Yeah, yeah we both you do have some mics. vocals too, yeah. Yeah. And if she's having an off day, I'll have to start the banter. If I'm a little bit off that day, she'll be the one carrying it. Or we'll, or sometimes we're just both on fire and we're like literally having a comedy show <laughs> on stage. Um, but it was it's definitely something that we work on. Like we'll literally sit at rehearsal and we're like, we have to work on our fluidity and our banter to because even if the cr- it's easy when the crowd is going wild to yeah. have good banter and to just fuck around because we're all one. 
um, it's a different story when the crowd is not really moving as much or, you know what I mean? Like yeah, and how do you get them off. into what you're doing? Because they, they, a lot yeah. of times right there, they're there to see the headliner. Right. I mean, we've had Jimmy Allen from Puddle of Mud on the show. No way. And uh, yeah, great, great guy. Jimmy's he's a great guy. Jimmy, he does our, Jimmy. Jimmy's, he does, Jimmy's awesome guy. He comes and shoots. He comes down to the range. Jimmy's great. I literally but, love Puddle of Mud. I love Puddle of <laughs> Mud. So he, he does the theme, the theme music for our show is Jimmy Allen from Puddle of Mud. Jimmy. So yeah. Jimmy wasn't performing with them on the Come Queen tour. He was out of the band by them, but he, he wrote all every Puddle of Mud big hit like, yeah. was co-written by him. But anyway, I saw Puddle of Mud open for Deftones and uh, Godsmack way back. It was like 2001. And I literally yeah. remember Wes Scantlin <laughs> saying to the crowd, he goes, you guys look so cool sitting down. Because no, they were new. No one was yeah. in them. And it's like, yeah, if you have a crowd there, they want to see Godsmack. They want to see Deftones. It's like, yeah, how do you get them into your band? And there are nights you're just, even if you have a great set, you're just not going to go over. I've seen it before. You it know? depends. Like for the most part, I think, which is why a lot of upcoming bands take us on the road is because they see that we really turn that crowd around like if they come in quiet we're like boom like just it's gonna get fucking loud everyone (laughs) loosen up you're at a rock show and like they do like they'll go from standing still to being at a mosh pit um i i would say that's like 85% 85% of the time there's like a small percentage where of course they're just like not and usually it's like if they're older because they don't if you're right <laughs> it's like me if you're playing to a crowd that's like over 30 for the most part I don't blame them then they're not they gonna do start the, uh, fists. as as Jamie Jasta from Hatebreed says the uh impress me yes bro, yes arms, arms um, and a lot of the time because we played a couple tours where that was the demographic like that was the audience and <laughs> they did like us but it's hard to feed off of this energy yeah when you want to see young teenagers early 20s oh, yeah. like ripping each other's freaking hair out in the <laughs> mosh pit so we just we kind of have two routes either we'll get up we'll feel it out we'll and then we'll just start naturally talking and stuff like that if we see that it's like kind of it eh, we'll say things to, we'll just we're very demanding like move over here move over there let's go get in there like we really are and i don't even realize it but people are like jigsaw youth is very aggressive to the audience but if they're not really responding, like we'll just blow through the set. Yeah. But it not not like, oh, we want to get off. We're just like, hey, sure. listen, less bantering, more songs we're gonna play. Sure. You know what I mean? So um we kind of do that. We we'll like feel it out. It's have, have you ever had any scary incidents anybody uh, jump on stage, attack I, I said you got guns, you probably jacked them in the face when they did. Or <laughs> but was there anything anything that's happened that you saw that that you had to deal with uh, as as far as defend yourself or, or anybody that just got too crazy and just No. Started- I have to say, I mean people will come up and they'll definitely like accidentally ransack the set if we're playing like a college show and I'll just I'll just give them the boot. boot. And and also like a part of that whole like small venue feel is like if someone's a huge fan it is grabbing the microphone and singing come on up yeah yeah come on up i feel more comfortable like that i i I like the whole stage barricade thing sometimes if it's like a really big show because then i feel like 
they're just so excited they're like spilling over the barricade but i do like when they can come up on stage and jump off and i invite that like i like that energy because even if there's a barricade like odds are i'm jumping over it and then i'm like crowd surfing during like the headliner which i've totally done yeah like i don't even sometimes i look back at the video i'm like i don't even know how i cleared that gap (laughs) it was like so big just mindlessly yeah um yeah i definitely invite the chaos i feel more comfortable in chaos it's so weird what is that about people are like like the singer songwriters that go up and they're by themselves and they're like playing their acoustic guitar like the ukulele and like, ah. and i'm like oh my god i would literally fall apart like i need people to just be like ah. i feel <laughs> so much more comfortable Crazy. I don't know. So there won't be like a Jigsaw Youth acoustic show because I just saw. I definitely know, will. I because I you know what I just saw here in the city last week. I, I saw Newfound Glory and Newfound no Glory way. shows are usually. Are you kid? I you love saw, them. I've seen them, but, but Newfound Glory shit. shows are usually wild, and this was the first acoustic ah. tour they ever did. Okay, and it was definitely a very different feel seeing Newfound Glory play a theater with seating and acoustic guitars. I like you that said, stuff too. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> yellow card, was yellow card, and I don't. Oh yeah, saw, the, they're they're still playing. I didn't know they. Yeah, they I, are, and actually, oh, the guitarist from Yellow Card was was like the second guitarist in NFG for a while. But so you you would be open to doing that of at some point. The whole '90s MTV Unplugged stuff. Oh yeah, that's all me. <laughs> I would only do it if it was like that, where it was like the lights, the candles, the rugs, and we have more people. Like it wouldn't just be the three of us. I would probably invite more percussion people like i would probably invite more guitar players and stuff to really really bring out all the pieces that i hear in my head because i i told the girls i'm like at some point we'll put out like an acoustic record of all the songs that we already have out Uh, because if you change the key a little bit you know by like a half step or something um it sounds awesome and like we're all very it's very dark so it would it would sound like an alice in chains mtv unplugged yeah. thing why would i not yeah. want to do that you know yeah. but like how deftones did the acoustic stuff in hawaii Why? yeah just like not even in a theater just out on the rocks out with their boys i would do that it's so weird how that that dvd it sound and i have it on is it sounds awesome and you've watched the whole dvd I don't know if I've seen the whole thing. I, I mean, I've watched the whole set. I don't know they, if there are more. Yeah, they sound great. But Steph, the whole time, the guitarist for Deftones, he's like, yeah, I hate this. He's like, I hate toning down our songs that rock to play like an acoustic guitar. But yeah. They, they sound awesome, but he has always liked the band to be way heavier than they. Of course. He's always been the guy, like the same way we had John Dolmine from System of a Down say some things on the show yeah. that probably the whole band is pissed at. He's the guy in Deftones who always puts his foot in his mouth. Because like <laughs> when they put out uh, the Gore album, mm-hmm. he literally did interviews where he was like, I don't like this album. I don't think it's good. Like this band is not the band I wanted to be a part of. Yeah. And, and I was like, wow, that makes me like not excited for this album. And quite honestly, I know. Don't think it's a great album. Just my opinion. But it happens. Like I said, sometimes <clears throat> the the fire and the drive to write certain things, like the rebellion inside you is not as hot anymore because how can you complain when you're traveling and you're in a new city and you're financially stable yeah. and you're meeting I don't think all that's these people? It for him, though, I think no. For just, some people, it's not he that he likes to play. Yeah, heavy stuff. He listens to like Meshuggah and Morbid Angel right. and all that. And when Deftones tones it down, he's just like, "What?" You know. But yeah. anyway, I don't know. I love I love most. Of some their people catalog. doesn't affect. Like yeah. me personally, I don't see myself 
veering off. I, I would probably be influenced by other things and adding more things to it. Like, for example, I, my favorite band is the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So yeah. <laughs> you can compare their first few records to later on when they put Californication totally out. Different. Totally different. But that that drive was still clearly there. Like that has yeah. to be, aside from Blood Sugar, because that's also my favorite record by them, but something about Californication that was so different, still had elements of themselves, but still yeah. super unique and also helped out with them commercially because I think there's like... Half yeah. that record was hits. Yes. That, what, six, six, six or I think seven? it was like six because it was Around yeah. the World, yeah. Scar Tissue, Californication, Parallel yeah, Universe. I, I, and that's the, with that record, even though it, it wasn't as hard, I, we were still, I was still in Iraq and Afghanistan yes. before going out. But you could still get motivated. A hundred percent. It was, it was, that was the weirdest thing. It's like, man, this is supposed to be chilling. And I don't feel like chilling right now. I feel like going and shooting somebody in the face. No, literally. <laughs> but, but, you know, finishing with, and not finishing the interview, but you know, you're going, you're going on tour and you said something that was awesome. It just, and I, I love that mentality because that's the mentality that I, I used to have. And I, I, it's not, it's good that it's not, I, I don't need it anymore. I don't want it. But the, the mentality of just, you know, whether we're doing well, whether we're getting paid or we're still getting to see all these places. You know, yeah. that is, I mean, that not that payment for part? Of, I mean, maybe we're not making a ton of money, but. I'm not making me, shit. <laughs> but, but isn't that part of the payment right there? And I yeah. don't think a lot of people forget that. I, I'm getting to go, you get to go and hang out in Canada and put gravy on your fries. I still right. don't know why they do that. It's <laughs> gross, but, but you're 25 and you're getting to experience that. I, I isn't, that is something to me that is extremely valuable and payment in its own. I don't know. Do you feel the same way or do, or am of I course. way off base? No, of course. I'm hungry for life. Like I'm hungry for life. I want to be stimulated with new things. I, I am not cut out for the nine to five and just, sure. that's it. Just get a house, have kids. Like, no, yeah, I'm shooting for the stars. Like I really am. And whether I make it there or not is it's whatever, like the journey getting there, you know, when I'm older, I'm going to look back and be like, I, yeah. I drove between New York and California <laughs> so many times with my best friends in great weather, we, I mean, we saw the canyons of Utah, yeah. the mountains of Colorado, the beaches of Cali, like we're going down around the, the and, and we haven't even been to Europe yet. We haven't been to Canada yet. Like there's so much more that's going to be unfolding as long as we believe like in the mission and we're like super passionate that it's just going to come. I'm not even worried about it. I'm really not. I, cool. I, I never was. Yeah. Um, I could see that there was like a, a small time frame right before where we were all kind of getting antsy and I could see with the girls, they were like not getting discouraged, but getting a little bit like, Oh my God, like what the fuck? Like how much longer? And I just remember saying, I'm like, just trust me. Like, just trust me. All we need is that one break. We're tight. We have the ideas. We have the songs. I just need one person, one band to take us out. And that's where destroy boys came in because ever since then, the offers started rolling through, which doesn't always mean that they're going to keep rolling through. It's, yeah. you know, staying relevant, but how could they not when we're, we're still moving? It's not like I'm just sitting home and I'm not writing anything and not yeah. like making up a game plan and, you know, trying to figure out how to, how can we like raise more funds to do what we do right now? We're not making anything like we started. And that's most bands. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. Like we, we opened up a, our company last January cause, um, 
I'm like, let's just start getting some capital funds to start really doing this real deal um, without laying it out ourselves. Like, no point. And it really helped us out. So it's like we're breaking even, which is better than a lot of bands right yeah. now. But a lot of money is coming in, but a lot of money is going out. It's, it's not like a it's not like this is like a cheap industry. Yeah. You, know, you want to record one song, yeah. you better have a couple grand in your pocket on top Jeez. of touring. Like we probably spend an average of like 10 grand just going on tour spend yeah so you better make sure you have enough money to like have food and get to the hotel and stuff which we're all right but you know what we're comfortable with with just like we're just keeping the wheels greased you know what i mean so and that's what we're doing every year experience week. in life and that's the most important i remember 25 is when i joined the army yeah i graduated college and i'm like shit all right well let's go enlist in the army i don't know what else to do and right and and that was the biggest thing yeah so when you are 50 i mean 32 like me you <laughs> sit on your you can sit on your porch and be like yes man holy shit yeah like look what i've I, done wow this is awesome i get to think about it and and the rest is just gravy i mean there's still i still i still i'm gonna live another 50 years i'm going to but it's like everything else now is just gravy it's like yeah my account's full i'm and, and figuratively i mean i don't I, bank accounts full sometimes it is sometimes it's not but but the <laughs> bank account inside is full. yes yeah now one thing would you ever consider doing a uso tour doing something like that going on uso or is that something that's i don't know how that i don't know how that works all i ever used to see is when the bands would come over and, you know with uso tours it usually was you know it was five finger death punch it was it was god smack it was when they come and play like when we were overseas and bases, of course to i told my agent I told him I want to play. Like I'm. Oh, you guys would kill it. I. He said he goes. Them. You know what? I didn't even think about that. Like I think I could definitely make that work. Oh, oh and cool. I, I just huge exposure. Yes, yeah. you're you're coming. You're going to be coming with a. I know it's a headliner or the you know you're coming with uh, the is that what they call the U.S. like the base U.S.O. U.S.O. U, they're called U.S.O. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't realize US. that. Yeah. Yep, no, yeah. that was one of the first because we were talking about how to target different markets and how to work on all of that. And I said, I was like, we would definitely be down a place to some oh, army guys. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So. And it is the very diverse army guy. <laughs> yeah. The, the, and that thing is the comedian, they come and play bands would come and play. And then we'd get comedians like David tell people that don't even believe in the war. They don't care. They don't care. They just George Lopez who hates the war. Yeah. But, he well, comes and whether he you believe always, in whether you want to fight the war or not like the guys like you have to do it for the guys you know what i mean yeah well, i mean it, they don't make decisions of like where we are yeah, I mean, like spoken about you gotta just times. do it for them you know yeah, and it's so motivational i mean you just have no idea after a show if you get a chance to even see it it's like you just feel normal yeah yeah like, you have to bring a little bit of that when you're living yeah, in like yeah. so like the abnormal conditions like high stress i can't i can't i don't know how you guys do it i really don't oh uh, you'd love it but you'd go you're so tear be like shit i gotta do another one you get home oh of course cool. uh, yeah. i'm down yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. awesome so i i was gonna say to the audience yeah definitely check out some tour some shows on the tour uh with bob villain which you could go to uh jigsaw youth band on instagram and twitter at jigsaw youth band and then also like pick up a shirt pick up anything because as i was saying earlier like i don't know people i think who aren't that heavily into the music industry think they're 
playing something on Spotify and somehow you guys are getting paid and no. it's it's nothing like the way that that Phil Labonte from All That Remains we've had on put it he's like I make enough through Spotify to have like a Spotify premium account like that's right. about it and he's, and he's, yes. in a, he's in a band that has hits you know yeah. so if you're in a more underground band like you are not seeing anything so pick up something and you even told me at your show that you I didn't even know that you could do this you told me that you press vinyls personally for people right where where you say you were you telling me you can give a message to them on the vinyl? That's before? with a record company in Brooklyn called Least of All Records. They'll do it like they'll invite bands, or you you could book, but for the most part, they invite bands to do a limited run of whatever they want to do. They'll do twenty five, um, and then when we go to the studio, it's it's direct to vinyl, so it's live. We have to play the song twenty five times, and whoever the order is, the guy in the booth will be like. This is for Chris and Ian. They ordered it. They're from <laughs> yada yada. Cool. And then they'll be like, okay, you're rolling. And then we're like, hey, Chris and Ian, thanks so much. This song is called whatever. And then boom, like you had. So if we I mean, that's up, like an amazing collector's item to have. Yeah. Oh, no. They sell out in like three minutes because that's it's awesome. Like, and then you could you could stay there and do more. But, you know, after you play the song like 30 times, the girls are kind of <laughs> like, let's fucking get out of here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we do it to promote it. Let's just say we have a song that's like ready to drop into weeks and no one knows yet we'll be like hey we're doing a a limited edition unreleased song live boom everyone's gonna buy it they get it and then they put it on it whether we fuck up or not the little imperfections the human shit is on there um and it does sound awesome it's a small little vinyl and then boom like two weeks later you can listen to the actual thing on spotify for anyone who like couldn't get a copy of like the unreleased oh wow so that's kind of how we pull that off yeah. That so point awesome. being, I mean, like limited edition stuff like yeah. that, shirts, anything. And if you really want to support a band, yeah, go out, see them on tour, do oh, all yeah. that stuff. Um, once again, it's it's uh, at Jigsaw Youth Band on Instagram and Twitter. And then Nastasha stuff is at Nastasha X Beck on Instagram, at Nastasha Beck on Twitter, N-A-S-T-A-C-H-A. Uh, X back on, <laughs> on Instagram, but then just yeah. Natasha back on Twitter. But I'll also Mouthful. have in the in the notes here where people could follow you Hell guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, unless you have anything else, I mean, I, this has been awesome, and, and I think yeah. like, really eye opening for people um, to get some insight into like what goes into being a touring band and like what passion you have. Yeah, you have to have to be able to like pursue this. So of course, no, I. I I'm thankful you guys had me on. Oh, I'm yeah, big. I'm a big fan. Thank you. I love all oh. the books. Like it's just, it's really cool because this was all just from me picking up a book and I'm really being into it. And it's just wow. crazy how life works. Yes, this is well, a perk I, of that. It, oh you know? yeah, and it is. And to think I'd be like, man, I, young whippersnappers like yourself, <laughs> and actually seeing somebody, I hated young music. I was like, this, you know, like, rap sucks now. Man, come on, MC, you can, MC Breed, you know, handle the MC Breed now, like possibly. you can't even. There's nothing like that out there and then to see yours and like holy shit you know what i'll always say this though to to chris though and i do always have to combat this because i think you'll agree (laughs) it's just that the good stuff that's out now you're probably a lot of it you're not going to hear even on sirius xm like you have to dig for it there's a lot of great stuff out there though like if you go to a local show here in parts of new york or other great places that have scenes. Yeah. Like there are still amazing bands out there. Well, that, well, that's what sucks though, is that the good stuff, people that actually are talented, they don't get the place. And yeah. that's what pisses me off more than anything. Yeah. And, and I, that's, but you're right. Cause I, because of Ian, I will dig more now. It's com- so now I'll, that I'm aware there's certain components 
to contribute to that. Does okay, this band's good, but do they have good recordings? Okay, this band's good, but do they have an agent? Do and they have a manager? Like, do, do they have, they have a, the they don't image? Care. Do they yeah. like you guys have a, have an image? Yeah. That's why I've been sticking so hard with the three girls. Like I, you know, love guys, whatever. I can't have them in the band because for marketing reasons, <laughs> yeah. for selling the whole thing, like it just wouldn't it wouldn't work. Um, but yeah, that a lot of those bands aren't gonna pop off because an agent will look at them and be like, "Well, do they have a manager? No, and I'll, I'll get back to them in a couple of years." And then a manager will look at them and go, "Do they have an agent? No, I'll get back to them." And it's just a matter of who the fuck is gonna pull this trigger first. That's how that was working for us because we had a couple agents even giving us tours and stuff that weren't even our actual agent. They were just trying to see how we were gonna do. How did the other bands like us? Once. These things started like actually coming together. Now, oh, now you got on the Spotify playlist, which is like the new thing and, now. And big ones. Like I saw you guys did a show with Bayside and you were yes. on like their, I mean, Bayside are legends in I know, New York. They were so, oh my God, they were so nice. They were so nice. All, that whole lineup was all New York guys. That's cool. I've never seen that many people backstage before. It was like a hundred people. They knew everybody <laughs> and everyone was so cool. And I didn't even realize that like, we had so many mutuals. They made us feel so comfortable because a lot of people are like, eh, older white male. Eh. And I'm just like, they're older white guys that are really nice. You know what I mean? Like they were, they're, they're experts at their craft. The yeah. crowd was going crazy and just felt nice being on the side of the stage. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Working hard. They work hard. Yeah. Well, you guys are kicking ass. And, Thank you. And, uh, you keep doing what you're doing. Keep pressing forward and, and I, yeah, yeah, it, uh, to me, you're a success already, but don't take my word for it because then you're not, you're going to lose that drive. I haven't even scratched up. the surface. <laughs> <laughs> I really awesome. haven't. Uh, you got that drive. You got to make it to at least 52. That's the cutoff. <laughs> right, right, That's right. When the, drive, when the drive can end. But uh, yeah, you're, you're doing awesome. Thank awesome, you. Tasha. No, I appreciate and, it. And, and um, you guys are always welcome. I said, Ian, I'll get you. You're here in the studio. We love doing the studio stuff. You're always welcome on the show. You got something to promote? Let us know, and we'll yes. we'll at least get it. Get we'll it do it again. Out there for yeah, you. yeah, yeah. So thanks as always, guys. Uh, I'm looking into the camera here. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We haven't been getting enough reviews on Apple Podcasts, so do that. Uh, leave us a comment on YouTube. Like, subscribe, all that stuff that you hear a million times, and also. Uh, the Etsy shop, the Battleline Podcast Vault, battlelinepodcast.etsy.com. Still have pins available, and uh, hopefully we'll add some more to that. And I'll, I'll throw this out once again. I'll probably mention in the intro, the show is going to be going up Tuesday from now on because I'm going to be working full-time at Newsmax as a booking producer, so I'm going to be pretty busy. But we're Whoa. still doing this. We're keeping this going, so cool. Oh, you said Newsmax. We're going to get shadow banned even more. Son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. And my Lord, can't be fair to everybody, right? Keep working hard, though, Ian. You're doing awesome, buddy. That's all for this episode of the Battle Line Podcast. But we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk. Until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Battle Line Podcast and on Twitter at Battle Line Pod. To sign up for future Battle Line tactical courses, go to www.christantoperanto.net. Believe in yourself, face all challenges head on, and as always, never, never quit. quit.